So, you know what an idol is? Because I never used to know. I used to always think an, an idol had to be some little carved, like, statue or something, you know, that you could set up and think about in honor of your God. Um, those are idols, but that's not, normally, that's not normally what we talk about or mean when we're talking about idols. An idol is something like this. Your, your heart has a throne. And on the throne of your heart, someone is sitting there. And the rightful thing, person, being, to be on that throne is God. But sometimes... We have other things sitting on the throne of our heart. Those are idols. Now, I don't know if you have one throne or if you have a whole bunch of thrones. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like maybe a throne for your money and a throne for your time and a throne for the things that you believe. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's all mixed together. Um, whatever is sitting on the throne of your heart is your master. Now I know, we're Americans, a little bit rugged, a little bit independent, a little bit strong. We don't have any masters. Well, keep telling yourself that. You have a master. In Romans 6, 16, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to disobedience, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, you're either a slave to righteousness or to disobedience. Or we can quote the great theologian Bob Dylan: "You got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody." I wish I had a better Bob Dylan voice to do that in, but it's in my head really good right now. You're a servant. You're serving something. And under the category and the topic of idols, we're talking about what are you serving? Who, who and what is it that you are serving, that you are following as obedient slaves? You are an obedient slave. That's not the debate. The debate and the discussion is, what are you an obedient slave to? That's what we're talking about. And that's the definition of what these idols are. Um, these idols are anything that we place above God. God is supposed to be supreme over all, but we take things and we put them above God. Um, now as we talk and think about what idols are, idols are not usually bad things. Idols are usually good things that we turn into God things. Right? We take something that in itself is okay, but we elevate it above everything else and it becomes a God to us or our idol. So, what idols do you have? Where, where are they? What are they? Where have they snuck in? And, and can you identify them? And that's, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but one of the first questions that might help you answer that is where are your emotions most out of control you know that as we go through life and 
and good things or bad things happen to us. And a natural God-given response is for us to feel something, to emote. But have you ever noticed in somebody else, it's always easier in somebody else, that an event happened and then the emotional response they gave was way out of line with what happened. Right? Like way over the top. Like, oh, here's a Snickers candy bar. And they go, yeah, and they're dancing around happy as can be over a Snickers candy bar, right? Or, I don't know, the Snickers candy bar was hard because it was like really old from Easter three years ago. And, oh, yuck, this is terrible. Why would they do that? I hate them. Right? So, thinking about yourself, where are your emotions most out of control? What... What really sends you over the edge one way or the other? Most of these things that I'm going to read this morning come from Timothy Keller's book. I've got to give credit because I didn't make these up. But here is some uh, idols that we can look at. With life only has meaning or I only have worth if. Right? So that's what we're kind of using to say this, this is indicating this is an idol. This is something that's out of balance it's the wrong place. God should be over it, but he's under it instead of over it. Life only has meaning if I have power and influence over others. I could talk for hours about each one of these, but I'm not really going to because there's too many of them. I just want you to think. Is this something that stirs up something in you that life has meaning or I only have worth if... I have power and influence over others. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I am loved and respected by somebody. Fill in the blank. Your person. Right? Now with all of these, you can see there's, it's okay that, that you want to be loved and respected by somebody. The problem is Life only has meaning or I only have worth if this happens. That's when it becomes an idol. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I have this kind of pleasure experience, a particular quality of life, whatever it is that makes you happy, right? You got to have it. Life only has meaning if my, be my toes are in the sand. Life only has meaning if there's hot brownies and ice cream. Life only has meaning if the Jayhawks win the championship for the 14th year in a row. What's yours? Life only has meaning if this pleasure experience happens. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I'm able to get mastery over my life in the area of the things I don't have mastery over, right? I can't get my finances in control. I have got to master my finances. Once I master my finances, then, then life will be good. Once I can master my tongue, then life will be good. Once I can finally do my job, if I could just keep the dishes clean, then life would matter. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if people are dependent on me and need me. It's a good thing to be needed, right? But if your worth, your value, 
your view of the world is dependent on you being needed, it's an idol. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if someone is there to protect me and keep me safe. I don't know who your person is that has to be there for you to make life be okay. But if they're not there, I have a granddaughter who has a person that we call Dee Dee. It's a blanket. You've seen it. It's pretty gross. It doesn't provide comfort for me. But for my granddaughter, she needs Dee Dee. And if Dee Dee's not there, her world is not whole. She is not whole. Right? That's an idol. She's four. You're not. Right? Dependence. That's an idol. Love only has meaning. I only have worth if I am completely free from obligations or responsibilities to take care of someone. No one needs me. I can skate. I can't tell you how many times adults have told me, and I have joined in with them, some days I'd like to just get on my car, my horse, my motorcycle, my boat, and leave. Yeah, that's normal. But if life only has meaning, purpose for you when no one needs you, those are idols. Life only has meaning, or I only have worth if I am highly productive and getting a lot done. See that struggle and pull in life. Yes, there's things that you need to do. But when that gets out of whack and your life is only right when you have these things going well, when you're being productive and you're producing, getting it done. Most of us have that general feeling of being behind, right? But, but behind it, everything, always behind, push, 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 drive, 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 I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Life only has meaning, or I only have worth if I am being recognized for my accomplishments and I am excelling in my work. Attaboy, Tony. Way to go. All right, I'm working this week now. Trying to get next week's attaboy. Got to have that recognition. Got to have an award. Got to be the sales leader. Got to be something, right? The world's best dad. I don't know what you got to be. What do you got to be to have worth and meaning? Achievement. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I have a certain level of wealth, financial freedom, and very nice possessions. That's called materialism. And it's that we take comfort in the things that we have accumulated around us, making those be our idol. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I am adhering to my religion's moral codes and accomplished in its activities. You ever thought that religion could be an idol? Oh yeah. When it replaces the role of God and that doing the right thing and accomplishing what you need to, you know. We, we used to keep score when I was a kid. We had Sunday school pins, right? Maybe you had those? The perfect attendance pins? Yeah, that was awesome. All right. Now if your life is about that, that I have to do that. I've got to be. I've got to, oh, I didn't, I missed church. Oh, no. I don't know. What kind of things could religion be an idol for you? 
Life only has meaning or I only have worth if the one person is in my life and happy to be there and or happy with me. Who's your one person that got to be there? You know, I, I went to a funeral yesterday for friends of mine that have been married, I don't know, 35 plus years. And, and now today, he, he's waking up alone. If his wife was an idol, he's in trouble, right? What if the love of your life leaves for any number of reasons? Who is the love of your life? It's not the person you're thinking of, it's Jesus. And when somebody else replaces Jesus as the love of your life, it's a problem. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I feel I am totally independent of organized religion and am living by a self-made morality. So a minute ago we talked about religion being idol. Now here we talk about just the opposite. No, I've got to be totally separated from religion. If there's any religion in my life, it's, it's wrong. <coughs> life only has meaning or I only have worth if my race and culture is ascendant and recognized as superior. It seems to be kind of a natural thing that in, in a place where your race or your ethnicity is looked down upon or viewed as lower, that then you kind of kick into the mode of needing to be back on top. I am so grateful for your racial, ethnic background. It is glorious and it is from God. But it is not the total statement of who you are or who I am. And, and to say that, that I, I would put this, let's just say this, Kansans have to be number one. Right? Is there any place better than this? Right? See what I mean about your, your culture group? How about, how about the members of the Christian Center? That's the best church in town. Probably the state. Who knows? The hemisphere. I don't know. We're better than everyone else. And we have to be. Or, you know, I was teasing about the Jayhawks a minute ago. Now I've got to be serious about the Jayhawks. They lost yesterday. And it's terrible that they lose. And your whole world is upside down when your team loses, right? Your culture, Jayhawk Nation, we lost. Oh no, my world's over. No, no. Not going to be an idol. Life only has meaning, or I only have worth if a particular social grouping or professional grouping or other group lets me in. Those people have it going on, and I need to be in that group. I got to be with the cool kids. What will you give for that? We just went through the Olympics. We just had the Olympics. Which was just preceded by the uh, re revelation that one of the Olympic doctors had been abusing girls for many years. I've forgotten the number. 150 victims. Right? What did, most of the, what did most of the parents, coaches, and kids say about that? 
what they said was, the Olympics were so important to me that we would continue the risk of ongoing abuse. Because we had to be in the Olympics. We had to be. This is my one shot. You don't get to be in the next Olympics, right? There's not another one coming around. This is my turn. And, and I, I got to prepare, and this is the path. And yeah, that guy might be a monster, but it, we'll risk it. See how we think in our life gets weird when we have idols of being in the social club? I got to get to the Olympics. And I would tell you there is nothing more important than your child's sexual purity. And if you think your child is being abused in any situation, you should be blowing things up. Now, I don't mean buying bombs and blowing up buildings. I mean, it's time to not be quiet. It's time to stand up. It's time to speak out. I think the first course of action is to call 911. Will the police do something? Maybe, maybe not. But you got a public record of what just happened. If you think your pastor, your, your teacher, the coach, the neighbor, uncle weirdo, if you think anything's going on, call, make a scene. You matter. We have to change the mentality and the culture. Now, do, do I believe we need due process and all that? Yes. Because it's easy to blame somebody who didn't do something. But it's also easy to sweep under the rug and ignore people who have done something. And having some idea that i got to be a part of this club, a part of this group, so I won't say anything. No. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if my children and or my parents are happy and happy with me. Your family can be an idol. Got to keep the peace. Everything's got to be well. This matters more. I'd like to do this for you, God, but my family's more important. It makes it an idol. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if Mr. or Mrs. Wright is in love with me. People should not be your idol. Life only has meaning or I only have worth if I am hurting or in a problem. Only then do I feel worthy of love or able to deal with guilt. I have to suffer. If life is too good, i got to blow things up so life is not good. Because only then do I have worth and meaning as if I'm suffering. Isn't it crazy the kind of things that can be idols? Life only has meaning or I only have worth if my political or social cause is making progress and ascending in influence or power. i got to be on the winning side. What I believe has to be moving forward. If not, man, we've got to fight harder. We need bigger signs, better promotions, better blah, blah, blah. My, my ideology has to be moving forward. Life only has meaning, or I only have worth, if I have a particular kind of look or body image. Isn't it funny how the thing that most of us have issues with is our body, that that very thing can become an idol to us. Keep, keep grooming it, keep training it, keep feeding it and sleeping it and watering it and taking care of it because I got to be, I got to be this. 
There are so many things that want to get on the throne of our heart in place of God. What's the problem? What's the problem with this? Back to Romans 6, verse 16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. These idols put you on a path that is destruction. Um, In dealing with our idols, the first thing, identify, what what are you making an idol of? When we went through that list, where were you exposed? Where did you say, ooh, maybe, ah, it could be. Or maybe it was several, I don't know. What have you made an idol? First step, identify. Second step, what's the result of having that idol? Where does it lead? There are two paths. Destruction or righteousness and life. It's the only two paths. Either what you're doing is is causing your death or it is giving you life. God is the source of life. Everything else is the path of destruction. Um, So these idols matter because as you serve this idol, as you have become a slave to this idol, it is causing you death. Do you know Romans 6.23? For the wages of sin is death. Now, yes, ultimately... The wages of sin mean that after judgment you will be cast into the, to the uh, fiery pit of hell forever. Your eternal death. Yes. But also, death today. You know that you're dying right now, right? You're also living, but you're dying. Here, let me show you. Don't get too close. I'm rubbing my arm and dead things are falling off of me. Because my skin is dying. That's what happens, right? Happens all the time. We, we shed things off and we, our body gets rid of them as we die. So yes, there's the eternal death and the ultimate death. But there's death by, by heartbeat. And when you're serving an idol, you're dying. It's not life. See, the, the idol wants you to think that it's life. But it's not life. It's death. Sin is a master that always pays on time and in full. When you're serving an idol, I guarantee that you will reap what sin brings into your life. There's no way around it. So we identify idols. We consider the path of where it's leading, which is to our destruction. And then what? Okay, so let's get rid of the idol. Uh, Right, how? Well, I just need to be better. I need to work harder. I I need to change my mind about these things and and do it differently. And, and, And I don't want that idol. I want this instead. So idol, go away. I absolutely identify the idol and renounce it. It's not... You're not God. 
And that's not God's will for me. But the interesting thing, which is in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, because you get what you earned. But notice the rest. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You do not get the things of God because you've earned them or have worked to achieve them. The things of God are a gift to you. So getting rid of the idol is not about you finding some way to become a better person and to outsmart and to, to move past, to become... Uh, no, I won't live that way. No, it's by the invitation of God. God, I give you my throne. The throne of my heart is yours, God. Take it back. And the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The blessings of God are received, not earned or achieved. God is the master who doesn't require us to work to get his pleasures. I know, it's too good to be true. Nothing else in this world is that way, right? Everything else I have to work for. But, but God has given me a gift. As I offer myself to him, he pours his gifts into me. It's, it's always so strange, right? All of these things of God, like when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit... And let's, let's pick the fruit of the Spirit called peace. I want peace, so I'm going to pursue peace. Nobody ever gets peace because they pursued peace. You get peace as a gift from God when you offer yourself to Him. It's almost like if you turn away from all of these gifts of God, you turn away from them and instead you, you turn towards God, then all these other things just start showing up in your life. Where did that happen? How did this, when did this change? Oh, look, I slept all night last night. No anxiety, no fear. What happened? I moved closer and closer to God. I spent more and more time in His presence with Him, listening to Him, speaking to Him, loving Him. The things of God are a gift. The idols that are on our heart, they're not like God. They require constant work to keep them happy. Pick any one of those idols that we listed earlier. Let's start with the pursuit of Mr. or Mrs. Wright, that I'm only going to be happy if I'm in love with Mrs. Wright. Um, first, I have to pursue Mrs. Wright, right? Ms. Wright, she can't be married yet. I have to pursue her. And, and I have to, what do I have to do, right? Well, I've got to clean up. She's not going to like me in this shirt. I've got to buy new clothes. And that car is filthy. I better get that cleaned up. And ooh, that bad breath, we've got to deal with that, right? See how I clean myself up and present myself to this woman that I have to have. And then I pursue her, and I laugh at her jokes, and I love to listen to her stories, and I look into her eyes, and I win her over, and now we're madly in love. Now what do I have to do tomorrow? The same. To maintain and pursue that love. And the same, and the same, and the same. And, and if I do something out of line, and now she's mad at me, 
What's happened to me? I'm undone. I'm a mess. Please, please, oh please, don't leave me. I need you. Right? That's not the call for God for us to live that way. Does God want you to love Mr. Right or Miss Right? Oh, absolutely God wants you to love them. Does he want you to get your source of being and life from them? Oh, no. That's not love. You can't love something and consume it at the same time. What are the other idols? What are your idols? I've got to get this done. There's a job that has to be done. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. I've I, I got to be the top salesman this month. So you work and work and work, and you outsell everyone else, and you're the top salesman of January. And now it's February 1st. And what do you have to do February 1st? Go again. It's another month. And then the next month, and the next month. And by the way, even if you beat everybody else, and you become the top salesman, that's not enough, right? Not only do you have to beat everybody else, you have to beat yourself. Well, you sold 100 in January, so we expect you to sell 110 in February. And 121 in March. Come on, you can do it. Push harder. Tony, salesman of the year, salesman of the century, woohoo! And then all of a sudden, somebody that's younger and smarter and prettier than me comes along behind me and starts selling twice what I can sell. Now what happens to me? I'm done. It's over. My destruction has come. That's what idols do for us. Any of the idols that were listed, any idol that you have in your heart, it will give you life for a while. And it will feel incredible for a while. But it doesn't last. And it's not real. And you'll be back to try to find the next thing. Or to medicate because of the pain. Whatever you're trying to achieve via an, via an idol, it will not work. It will lead to your destruction. It's a guaranteed path. The idol is offering a counterfeit version of the real life that Jesus has for you. What do you need? What are you trying to solve? What are you pursuing with an idol? Jesus has the real version of whatever that is. Jesus is the source of real life real freedom Jesus is the truth and when you come to the truth he will set you free we don't get rid of our idols by working hard to replace them we get rid of our idols by identifying them saying that's not the kind of man or the kind of woman that I am God I give myself to you I surrender to you, God. I don't need whatever it was I thought I need. Renounce that. That is not a source of life. It is not a source of freedom. It is not my identity. You are my identity, Jesus. You say who I am. You are the one that determines who I am and what life will be. The good news is you can trust Jesus. Because he doesn't just have a little bitty slice of the pie for you. <coughs> Jesus described the life that he has for you as life to the full. 
So the fullness that you think you're finding in your idols is actually leading to your destruction, to your death. But the real fullness that you find in Jesus, that's real life. That's real freedom. That's real hope. It is the gift of God that's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life that has begun now. Right? Right now, today, we are living in that life that Jesus has for us. At least that's the plan. Take these idols, cast them aside. They're not the issue. Just get rid of them. Turn to Jesus. Look to Him as the source of life and freedom. He will give it abundantly. Abundantly. So Jesus, that's our prayer today. I ask, show me my idols. Jesus, reveal them to me. Open my eyes and let me see that the deception would stop and that I would recognize the things that I have put above you. Things that might be good, but they've become bad because I've made them God. Open my eyes and let me see. Now, Jesus, I agree with you. These idols, they lead to my destruction and death. There is no life in them. So I renounce every idol. I renounce everything that I'm looking to to find life and meaning and purpose that's not you. I renounce that, Jesus. There is no life there. True life is found in you. So, Jesus, I consecrate myself to you. You are on the throne of my life. You, Jesus, are over all things. And I serve you gladly and willingly because I love you and you love me. So any of the agreements that I've made about these idols, expose them. and We break those, those agreements. It's not up to me. She is not all that matters. Life will only be good if this happens. We renounce all those agreements. Jesus, show, show us. Remind us of the agreements we've made that we can renounce them. We know that when we submit to you, God, and resist the devil, the devil flees. So we stand on your truth, Jesus. You are truth. And we stand on you and in you, surrounded by your word. Because it is that truth that sets us free. Lead us, Jesus. Lead us into this life and freedom that we have in you. We pray it all in your name. Amen. Amen.